welcome to Bunta Vista, episode 113. Uh, I'm Andrew, and I'm here at a, at a celebration of billionaires, the people we all love to love, with my friend Ben. Hi, Ben. Hey. That was one of the great things about um, all of our favorite billionaires, is they're all still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, you know, they're alive and well. Just thinking of an example off the top of my head. Or, I don't know, the Koch brothers, you know, they're alive, the billionaires, they got billions of dollars, they're having a great time, and that's great for them, I'm very happy. Oh, um, well, it's, everything's fine then, as long as nothing- wait a second. Breaking billionaire news, uh, gigantic billionaire piece of shit, David Koch is dead. Is that what that sting is? It's, it's from what- it's any kind of news that we like, really. Coke we watch? Can, we can use it out with Coke watch. <laughs> Uh, Lucy, what do you want to say in memoriam of David Koch? I'm, I'm just reeling from the fact that it's pronounced Koch Brothers. You've been saying Koch Brothers for a long time. Why didn't anyone tell me this? I mean, really, if it's if it's a hard CH, it's not Coke, it's Koch. If it's not Koch, it's Koch. Coach. You can't just decide how you're going to... The Coach Brothers. You can't just decide how you're going to pronounce your own name. I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. Well, I if think you got, you If you've got can. enough money, you can. Yeah. Apparently if we pay so. everyone on the planet $10, they'll agree uh, to pronounce it coach. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want. And, uh, and here, here to help us pay tribute to this titan of industry and keeping all of your money in a great big pile like Smaug or Scrooge McDuck um, is our friend from the Trash Future podcast. It's Riley. Hey, Riley. Hi. I believe the only billionaire brothers should be the ATL twins from Atlanta. Uh, they are two guys who were white rappers who also tried to sell drugs and who only ever had sex with the same woman together at the same time. And they got really rich for about 10 <laughs> minutes in 2013. And now I think they're destitute and they're marketing suits on Instagram, I believe. Wow. Wow. Perfect. What a life. They're the oh, only. Oh, shit. Bro- I know these guys. They were yeah, the- in uh, fucking Spring Breakers. Yes, the ATL twins. They're the only brothers who should be billionaires. That's fair. Can't argue with it. Very fair. I've still never seen Spring Breakers. Oh, man, you've got to watch Spring Breakers. Wouldn't say it's good. What was that? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? Wouldn't say it's a good film. Some divergent opinions You do got to see it. You should definitely see it. A lot of people love Spring Breakers. It's insane. It's a beautiful nightmare fantasy. It's a neon daydream. Uh, It's great. You should watch it. I seem to remember friend of the show and uh, film drunk editor Vince Mancini being a big... Or is it Mancini? I think it's Mancini. I think it's Mancini. Mancini. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. It's, it's, it's pronounced Coke. <laughs> oh. oh, thank you so much. Oh, mamma mia. Vince Coke. All right. Uh, sorry, they changed it at Ellis Island. Um, the co- by the way, <laughs> if we're celebrating the death of, of David Coke, just, uh, just so you know, like... He's actually an immigrant, which is technically a kind of POC, and um, everyone can see you right now. It's not a good look. Oh, damn. You're going to be cancelled. Apologies. Apologies to the Coca-Cola brothers. Apologies to the billionaire community and uh, the fans of billionaires community, of which, uh, if you spend any amount of time on Twitter, you will find out is extensive. Mm. People that aren't billionaires often will love billionaires because they believe they will someday be one well also i think they're just i because I, 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 I decided to sort of make my afternoon worse today by searching in quotes david coke and then out of the quotes the word disagree uh, just to see 
<laughs> like I disagree I disagree with him on climate change because he wants to make more of it and I don't want to die but that's no reason I should say that I'm going to dance on his grave now that he um, uh, 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 tried to cross a street and saw a woman's ankle and got really excited got too distracted from it and got run over by a streetcar hmm. R.I.P. R.I.P. Rest in peace to, to the coke guy yeah so, um, to pay tribute to the entrepreneurs of the world, we thought we would check in on the tech world. Uh, and we have here an Australian story about uh, tech bros, tech broads, tech sheilas, oh, maybe? God. I'm, I'm grimacing. You oh, should be. My. I'm making the face of grimace from Ronald McDonald. <laughs> well, <laughs> he, he just seems pretty relaxed, if I'm being honest with you. He certainly does. <laughs> you have, however, turned a deep shade of purple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, very upsetting to look at. No, this this is a story which uh, has really awakened my inner hater. I've been trying to I've been trying to live a positive life with some good vibes for a while now, but this is this has stirred my deepest hater feelings, uh, and I will now be forced to channel a classic sketch from Chappelle's show, uh, the player haters ball. In fact, it's got me feeling like this right now. I would like to thank God Almighty for giving everybody so much and me so little. I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you. And I hate your guts. I hope all the bad things in life happen to you and nobody else but you. Yes. Yes, it's got me feeling just like that. Every line of this story that I read makes me feel more and more like shouting, I hate you, and only you, and I hope all the worst things in life happen to you. So allow me to read from you this piece from The Guardian by Jenny Valentish. Tech bros find epic flow at Daybreaker's drug-free breakfast rave. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's already Sorry, can you really just read it. that again for me? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> just that, every word. I just want to hear it again. Imagine, imagine if you will... Um, Imagine, like, Homer uh, trying to jump the gorge and then falling down the cliff face. And each one of the rocks that he hits is the next word in this headline. (laughs) Tech bros find epic flow at Daybreaker's drug-free... Oh, no. Breakfast rave. Breakfast Ah. rave. Breakfast rave. The, the frustrating thing is the world has breakfast raves. They're called raves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just start, show up at the end of the rave, and you well, or, well, no, they uh, they start on like Friday at mid- midnight, and they stop on Monday dinner time. There are several breakfasts that go on. It's probably some elevensies in there. You know? mm, I knew that. I I go to a lot of raves. Me too. Big big rave head. Well, she, you, you look like someone who is definitely sport. Spent a portion of her life going to the raves. I don't. I barely know what a rave is. It sounds like a thing for people who like to have fun. It's not for mm. me. Ugh. Well, it's a very specific kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we we have here the lead on a judgment free dance floor. Oh. Venture venture <laughs> capitalists in ponchos. Oh. Hug entrepreneurs in animal onesies. Okay. Welcome to a conscious morning experience. 
At 6.30am at the top of the opera house stairs, I'm hugged by a greeter, or maybe greeted by a hugger, who's oh, wearing so, oh, a- <laughs> That's good. I didn't- that's literary- it's a literary technique, where you mm-hmm. say one thing, and then you say, or maybe it was this other thing. It creates ambiguity, and it draws the reader in. I like this article now. That's true. You like, what's happening next? I'm hugged by a greeter who was wearing a platinum wig and rave gear. I groan inwardly on approach- <laughs> Which is almost definitely the right thing to do. You should have trusted your first instinct, lady. (laughs) First impressions, am I right? Uh, I groan inwardly on approach, then admit to myself that being enveloped in her furry coat feels good. It's pointless not to pack your positivity if you're going to attend Daybreaker, a pre-work dance party. Founded in 2013 that since spread to 26 cities. A pre-work dance party. A pre-work dance. I just... Uh, every... It's it's really a lot... It's, it's real nails in a chalkboard situation for me here. <laughs> um, just the... I mean, the idea of waking up for in the morning and then... Just taking your head out of the oven, ready for one more day of like being a, a a PR analyst for a marketing firm that helps like Bolsonaro's um, foreign aid federation or whatever. Like just just being like, no, it's another day of eight eight hours of answering emails and you know trying to help do something that is at best pointless. Um, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna get myself through it by giving myself the endorphins of some forced camaraderie and you know dancing around to what is probably a Spotify playlist. Awesome! I love it. I fucking who love doesn't it. love forced fun with people you work with? You know, mm. or even just other people who you know are professionals and who are there for like an hour. And okay, it's, do you guys have time out in Australia? Yes. Do we? Dude, what's that? We did right. have Time Out. We did yeah. have a street press magazine called Time Out. There you go. Yes. Well, I was right. Okay. <laughs> well, Fuck it's you guys. In, in, in London, Time Out is always a um, collection of just experiences like this that would be described as an epic day rave on top of the Barbican Center or whatever. <laughs> and um, it's also... It also uh, tends to advertise things like a secret gin bar that happens to be in Harrods or whatever. And it just, it feels like this is something that people do because they can't face up to the fact that life in a city, especially in a city sort of in the last 10 years, is basically just a permanent adolescence. You have to maintain some kind of school spirit for which you no longer even have a school. Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Imagine, Imagine going to a party... Um, but also, they're not serving drinks, and everyone there, you know them from LinkedIn. Ugh, God. Doesn't that sound great? Why are you doing this? These are my least favorite podcasts, is where I <laughs> have to listen to these articles, <laughs> sentence by sentence. Oh, sweet. Earn your big, your big bucks. I'm just, um, I'm just going to the Amazon and lighting some more fires. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, it continues, the dress code is wildest dreams and blooming flowers. So wallflowers won't get much out of it. Stop Daybreaker Stop <laughs> Daybreaker it. is about full immersion, chakra bumping, table thumping, letting go. Letting go is um 
emphasized there. It's, it's peeing. It's peeing. It's about peeing. <laughs> <laughs> Full immersion pissing, yeah. <laughs> that would be better. This is just like, for people that have never had uh, friends or, like, done stuff in their life ever, like... For whom having, like, five beers and, like, doing some dumb shit is a completely foreign experience. Like, it's just... I hate this so much. Oh, it's gonna get worse. I don't want that. <laughs> I figured out who this is for. It's for people who were born fully formed like Urukai and dragged out of the mud, but by, like, a J. Crew uh, skinny tie. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's pictures in the article of, like, the people of this thing, and they, they're all, like, too good-looking for a start. Mm -hmm. um, and wearing, like, feather-covered type onesies or whatever, and holding up, like, a pre-made sign that says, I got up at 4.30 to be here. And that's their wildest dream. And that's the that's the good stuff. Yeah. Well, what what this really reminds me as well of as well is like um, when you see people who are like really really good looking and super fit and everything like you know the the Instagram fitness influencer type person, but you know that that entire thing is like the final presentation layer of something that is actually no fun at all. This is I've turned my I've turned my like fitness and grooming regimen into this like painfully enforced thing. You know, I have to get up at this time every morning to go running. I have to go to the gym for this long. I got to go and get my spray tan done once a week. I, I meal prep all of my meals. I every only week. drink clear spirits. I only drink vodka and tequila now because that is what this life is that I have chosen. I don't object to that sort of stuff in small doses in the sense that if you said to yourself, hey, what I really care about is like my body's going to be a temple. And also, I don't I don't particularly like food. I'm fine with eating, you know, steamed chicken breast and wild rice. Just uh, lean into it every day or whatever, if that's like your thing. But this to me is like this suggests that that is infecting every aspect of your life at this point. Oh yeah, it's it's people who are it, it. This is for people who are trying to be inspirational on Instagram, but only to people they went to school with. Hmm. So it goes on. Today's sold-out event is perhaps the most esoteric venture from entrepreneur Matthew Breimer, who founded his first company while still a high school student in St. Louis, Missouri, and went on to graduate from Yale. Uh, he created it with community architect Radha Agrawal, who is the author of. Belong, find your people, and live a more connected life. There's nothing I hate more than the idea of connecting. You know? You don't I like need reading that. A, I like reading a book that gives me instructions on how to connect with other people. Yeah, that's it's true connection right there. Yeah, it's basically pickup artist shit, but for like LinkedIn but people. for friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in 2018, Brahma sold the education organization he co-founded, General Assembly, which provides short courses on startup skills for $412 million. He's now a managing partner of The Fund, which is very ominous sounding oh, to me. Uh, a venture fund set up to help New York-based startups. It's to support the next generation, he told Forbes. There's no sign of Brimer at this event, although the last daybreaker at Sydney Aquarium, he was dressed in merman tights and a hat adorned with shells and seaweed. I bet he was really having fun. These people need to stop self-actualizing. They just... Now, 
they should stay on the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs with the rest of us and just be happy to have some food. The billionaires keep self-actualizing and it, it's the result of every shitty charity or like very important. Richard Branson's son started a um, started a film company called Sundog Productions whose only film was a movie called Hashtag Death Penalty Fail. And... <laughs> And it's a documentary that's trying to start a conversation about the death penalty globally. Oh, I assume they want to bring it back. Um. <laughs> no, they did. They did a comedic animated short about the death penalty and why it has to oh. stop. Oh my god! And that's the problem with that's what these people who are rich from birth or who get rich young do is they self actualize when they're still fucking stupid. Like at mm. least the Koch brothers had a goal. The goal was to burn down the world, but at least they had a goal. This guy just seems to want to like externalize his childish fantasies around the rest of the planet. We can all have a dance together before going to work at the office for the rest of the day. <laughs> now I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some help here from the group. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm gonna need you to do what I'm describing in this next sentence in order to help kind of set set the right um the tone the right atmosphere i wasn't told there'd be participation mm. oh it's, it's suddenly become a very awkward theater performance so great uh she says i follow the whistles and exclamations of woo to the opera's northern opera house's northern foyer which has been set up with a schmick sound system and little else now this is one of the things that is especially haunting to me is uh just the, the only thing you can hear from this crowd is like peppered throughout the audience. <laughs> Sound system and little else. <laughs> sounds like a jungle. <laughs> just just whooping and whistling, but distant and sparse. Woo! <laughs> Did it say whistles of appreciation? I hear that. I, I follow the whistles and exclamations of woo! Just feeling the vibe. I just heard some distant whistles. I think I should oh. go in that direction. Sounds like a party. That, that party sound we all know. A classic party whistle. Whistles. Whistling. Yeah, I Wait, love doing bird calls like, to know. Oh, it could be it like could rave, be rave whistles? whistles. Oh, maybe it's rave whistles. Yeah, I prefer oh. that it's bird calls. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody just like they're calling a dog that's on the other side of the dance party. <laughs> According to one sign, the space has been transformed into a judgment-free dance floor. Mm. I'm not sure how that's policed, but it's emceed by professional party guy Tommy Franklin, who's sporting a biker beard and a mirror ball crash helmet. How old is he? Professional party guy. Now, how does, old is Tommy Franklin? Does anybody know who Tommy Franklin is? No. It's no. Professional party guy. Because I didn't, and I thought. Let me see what this is all about. Holy fuck, I let hate me see this. What, let me see what this guy's deal is. And I found an article on the ABC about Dancing Tommy. Social media star Dancing Tommy Franklin is out to prove to Australia that you do not need to be drunk to feel the funk. I hate it. I hate this. You, you do, actually. <laughs> ah, I think everyone would agree. The, show? The, the dancer from Byron Bay in northern New South Wales, of course. Nope. <laughs> Shot to fame after videos of him spontaneously dancing in the streets were uploaded to YouTube. Uh. I wonder who uploaded them. <laughs> his, his random outbursts often result in passersby asking him if he is drunk. Uh. If I had a dollar for every time someone asked if I was on drugs or drunk, I'd be a very rich man. 
dancing, Tommy says. We never hear random outbursts used to describe positive things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's- you are upsetting strangers in the street. It's almost a bit of a shame that someone can't fully let loose to the music that's thumping through their core without someone saying, that guy has to be on drugs because I've never seen something so crazy. This guy sounds so freaking random. You know what makes, you know what are the things that makes, you know what are the things that make society super great? You know what are the things I really enjoy about like the times of my day between getting up and say coming to the studio is that in Mm -hmm. London, nobody will talk to you. It's awesome. You can just Beautiful. mind your own business and no one's going to talk to you, pull you aside, hit you with a flailing arm while dancing. It's just pretty predictable. That's why we that's why we have restraint. It's so you can live in day-to-day life. It's and just there's a social contract. You know? We all I like it. It's good yeah. to me. <laughs> it's great. I don't want anyone dancing. If you're dancing in the street, I will cross the street or I'll find a different street. This guy dances like shit. I'm watching a video of him <laughs> called Tommy Franklin not- <laughs> dances in the rain. He's wearing a sort of brown, a light tan suit with a black singlet underneath, some sort of hat and what appears to be maybe Chuck Taylor's. And he just looks like a real piece of shit. He's doing a sort of 50s shuffle with some weird twirls involved. He's gone into a puddle now. Now he's doing a sort of a side to side thing like old people on a cruise who don't really know what to do. Well, luckily, he he doesn't care about your judgments, you know? What, right, I, I and he's doing the cl- classic Byron Bay thing of just standing in the middle of the fucking street. Because <laughs> uh, that's what they do there. Because uh, <sighs> people are more important than cars, Ben. I mean, um, this is true, actually. And this is a principle that I genuinely believe, but I also hate it when it's in Byron because it's Byron people <laughs> that are doing it. Just quickly try and explain yes. the concept of Byron Bay. Yes, I, I love hearing about the inner in-country um, city-based prejudices of other countries because I have mm. no idea what they are, and I love hearing about them. So Byron Bay is like, at some point, I'm going to say 500 years ago, it was a place where like uh, hippies with not much money hung out and uh, played their awful acoustic guitars to each other in little vegan cafes. Uh, And now it's that, except everyone that lives there makes $1.5 million a year. Uh, And there are all these, like, faux fucking hippies that are making their money on, like, fucking natural beauty regimes that are completely made up and don't actually do anything. And it's like a one of those things to be like, oh, I've lived in Byron is like, yeah, I'm like a cool, chill person, except the real estate prices there are like earth shatteringly expensive. Uh, it's it fucking sucks. It's a horrible, horrible place. Okay. Uh, Chris Hemsworth lives there. So we tried to do something similar to that in the UK. But the difference is everywhere in the UK is shit. So <laughs> it didn't it did. They tried to do this with a town called Margate where there were just tons of all in like 2014 or so editorials sprung up across the entirety of the trendy UK press you know your your vices and whatnot and they were all saying is Margate the new Shoreditch Shoreditch on sea etc 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 god it's really when I say it to Australians I realize how unpleasant everywhere in the UK sounds mm, um, and is <laughs> indeed and, indeed and is and um and, and then what happened was lots of artists moved to Margate, but then they had to reckon with the fact that they were living in a provincial English uh, seaside town that's about sort of an hour outside of London, and that aside from like a hundred meters of one street, it was still like 
unfathomably grim. <laughs> and so they've all moved back now. I'm I'm just looking at pictures of um <clears throat> I've sent you one, Riley, of uh yes. Chris Hemsworth's home in Byron Bay. Uh, he's, a, which, he's a hippie. Which looks like uh it looks like the Avengers compound. It, it is no, it monstrously looks like, huge. It, it looks like an office park. Yeah. It looks like where somewhere we all want to live. Yeah, of course. Well, that's actually where people in the UK are living because no houses are really allowed to be built that aren't worth sort of upwards of a million pounds. And so there are these antiquated rules that allow developers to convert offices and sh- and discarded shipping containers. I'm not joking about the second one. Um, into living and they can circumvent um, things like minimum size requirements and like needing to have a stove or running water. And so there are f- increasingly large numbers of families living in what are called rabbit hutch homes, which are old office blocks. Um, oh. So uh, many people in the UK actually are living in business parks on the outsides of like orbital roads and the M25 and stuff. Wonderful. Sorry, Love I the brought the future that we live in. Sorry, I brought uh, it all down again. Well, did did you did you hear like um there was a, a tweet that like a Democrat presidential contender or a Democratic presidential primary contender Andrew Yang mm-hmm. um was talking about oh I I went and saw this um house in Los Angeles that was converted from a shipping container and so like you know people could live in there in in like a different space. We have to really consider, you know, these alternative types of housing in order to, to deal with, like, you know, housing homeless people and stuff like that. And it's like, or we could use houses. We already have this concept of a house. No, no, no. Couldn't do that. It's too expensive. No. We need to keep make sure that Chris Hemsworth gets to keep living in, like, a mid-sized paper distribution office building. Yeah. Now, um, back to Dancing Tommy. Ah uh, yes, oh, so I, I Your found assumptions. One, I found one quote from Dancing Tommy I want to add, which is, "I'm having an amazing time and I'm sober as a judge. And if someone always tells you how amazing of a time they're having and how much alcohol they've had, that's a good de- a good indication that they are genuinely having an amazing time." <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> your assumptions about Dancing Tommy are wrong because he's been sober since an epiphany he had after almost losing his life. Uh, anytime someone is a born again teetotaler, that's always a recipe for fun. Um, I got hit by a car while I was on my skateboard and I couldn't work for, walk for eight months, he said. All the alcohol I consumed trying to make me feel better never really helped how I was feeling. When Dancing Tommy realized alcohol was not helping him feel good, he discovered that he could find joy through dance. I learned how to party so hard without alcohol through music, he said. That's the gift I really want to share with people. You don't have to be completely out of your mind to look like you're completely out of your mind. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's the true nature of partying, right? The, the true thing that we all love about going to a party and or, you know, like a, a rave or a concert, dancing and, and, you know, feeling the music and everything. The most important aspect of all of that is to look like you're really letting go. Uh, yeah, because part, because having fun is a performance. It's yeah. it's about mm. it's about show, it's about showing to everyone else. Hey, everyone! I'm having a very fun time. I'm very very good right now. See how good I am. Mm. I feel like so much of this is also like a, a betrayal of the social contract of like raves and music festivals and things themselves. Which is we all have a mutual understanding that everybody is coming in here to to just 
you know, let go of their inhibitions. And for many, many people, a big part of that is, I'm also going to indulge in some of these substances that really help me get to that place of letting go of all my inhibitions. Uh, And making a big deal about how you don't have to do that. It's very rude to those other people, I think. It is rude. Hmm. Inconsiderate. having a sober friend... It's, I don't like it. I don't want it. I don't want your energy. <laughs> wow. 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 Okay. I'm, all right. Maybe I'm on the other I'm guy's kidding. side now. Maybe I'm being, on dancing Tommy's side. Being sober is fine, but going on about how you're having more fun than me because you're sober makes you a bad person. And hey, a bad all you, liar. Pe- all you exactly. people having fun sober, you're doing it wrong, by the way. Don't you know? You could be doing it in a way that still allows you to work. I, I will simply say, <laughs> yes, I will simply say that I think that um, this type of performative uh, sober fun, it, it is simply the far opposite end of the scale of the like very American, we're not having fun unless we're doing 30 shots uh, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. So I understand that you know a little more about that, Lucy. Um, I certainly do. They love to, Americans love to talk about drinking. Like, they like to talk about how much they're going to drink or how much they had to drink. It feels like being at high school when you're, like, 13 or 14 in Australia. Dude, I'm going to have, like, 19 (laughs) cruises tonight. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But these people are, like, 25 here. Well, in fairness, they they were only allowed to drink four years before. Exactly. They got some catching up to do. Got some catching up to do. But, yeah, I think both, both both the ends of that spectrum where you're trying to make an incredibly big deal out of I'm having so much fun because I'm drinking so many drinks versus you wouldn't believe how much fun I'm having despite not having had any drinks. Nobody's having fun. Yeah, both of them are just (laughs) the opposite ends of the coin of like completely defining yourself in relation to this substance as opposed to doing what most normal people do, which is applying whatever amount of social lubricant is suitable for you and then shutting the fuck up about it and being cool. That's that's how partying is supposed Everything to go. Everything we do is right. Oh. Other people are wrong. That's so true, Lucy. It's so true. Thank you for saying it. Somebody had to say it. All right, continuing with this article. <clears throat> the really, really early birds got here for yoga at 5.30 a.m., but the party is now in full swing at 6.30 a.m. Here's, here's a great... Here's a great sign about what she's walking into. The crowd is louder than the music. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> Can you it's imagine? so uncomfortable. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Just <laughs> the sound. Can I get a few woos going, guys? Make me feel like I'm there. Woo. 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 I love sobriety. It rules. <laughs> <laughs> The crowd is louder than the music, with revelers wearing active wear, animal onesies, and tie-dye fluoro. Ah, I want to go home. (laughs) Not even here. (laughs) And then there's my friend Fergo, representing Gen X. Will Gen Z stone me to death for cultural appropriation if I wear my chocho zubon and kimono to Daybreaker? He had texted me earlier. My what? Excuse, Excuse all of that? What? My... If I wear my... Chocho Zubon. Excuse my ignorance. I'm not sure what that one is, but I know that the kimono is not something that you should probably wear. Also, the whole thing. Oh, will I be mur? Will I be murdered for slipping a toe out of line with the ultra with the ultra woke day ravers? <laughs> All of this is just the worst. 
so so Chocho Zubon, uh, a variation on oh, a type of, of wow. pants that Japanese construction workers wear. They're an excessively wide version of Toby trousers called Chocho Zubon. Oh. So this guy is suggesting that he should wear his Japanese pants and kimono to this thing. But then Unless everyone he gets will be murdered by the SJWs. That's right. Yeah. The, the very scary people who are also snowflakes. Yeah, of course. Remember the, the SJWs who are, you know, going to these rallies in the States and killing people because they're, you know, wearing a Native American headdress. Mm. Take those churches who off. <laughs> Take them off now. You're not currently on a construction site in Japan. Um, he needn't have worried. There are sombreros and ponchos aplenty here this morning. Oh, good. Scattered around <laughs> oh, are good. signs good. that can be held up for optimum Instagram usage. I'm in epic flow, says one. Ah. Oh, no, no, you're making nope. that one up. Another is more of a mission statement. Connect with others, explore yourself, say F yes. <laughs> mm. So, excuse me, what does the F stand for? Uh, fun, yes. I'm assuming it's a fun, positive. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad there's no swearing at this thing. Say, uh, say, what else could the F be for? Feelings, friendship. Friendship, feelings. Um, uh, not funk because no. that that type of music is a bit too wild for this party. I think. Oh yeah, you know, you wouldn't hear the whistling or the woo. Yeah. Woo! Oh god, this is oh. also I'm gonna inter. I, I'm I know I'm interjecting frequently, but this is worse than anything we have ever read for Trash Future. <laughs> And we read an article today, because I just did an episode of, of our podcast um, earlier today, where Rod Little, a sort of famously dopey English columnist, said we should just have a war because the kids are too petulant. This is worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Because this is making you agree with the first one. Um. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe he's right. Maybe we do need a war just to stop this. Yeah, you want to get up early? They'll get you up early in the military. That's... Fergo is here because he's got a tech background and attends all manner of startup incubating events to hear what the, quote, entrepreneurs, as he calls the young folk who attend, are on up to next. Entrepreneurs? Entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs. Preteens. Yeah, entrepreteens. Um, entrepreteens. Entrepreteenagers. It's not. It's not even. I've, it's not even. I a feel. Good word. I feel like any any other way of combining those words would be better than what he has settled on here. Mm -hmm. Yes, it would be. Entrepreteens. Anything. Pretty much anything is better. <sighs> Entrepreneurs, if you ask me. That's so true. <laughs> Just take He's some <laughs> drugs. <laughs> Fuck. Allegedly. He saw Brimer speak at StartCon in Sydney last year. Whatever drugs are, we don't even really yeah. know. Take some, uh, I don't know, uh, 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 ibuprofen. Mm. Um, a very large dose of vitamin C. <laughs> a lot of energy. You don't want to OD on that. It's though, very dangerous, be... Andrew. Don't promote that. You shouldn't eat too many of those things. They give you diarrhea. That's true. <laughs> Shitting through the eye of a needle. Yeah, you it's you're that. in your flow. Epic flow. I'm in epic flow as I bear down on the toilet. 
Oh God. I'm sorry. I'm I'm doing Ooh. riffs to keep you from reading more of the lines. <laughs> this is self-preservation. He saw Brimer speak at StartCon in Sydney last November. I like to watch cultural change, he says. It sometimes evolves into something greater. Who knows? Maybe next year there will be dance parties before work every day. Maybe there will. Maybe, Maybe. there will. Okay, we have this theory in Trash Future that the progress of most of modern capitalism has been to turn the most of the modern world into what we imagined the Soviet Union was. So it's like, oh, in the Soviet Union, everyone has to dress the same and, and work and live in the same house. And it's like, oh, interesting. Now everyone's in a we work, blah, 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 blah. They, we were like, oh, in the Soviet Union, you have to do calisthenics every morning and do gymnastics <laughs> to praise dear leader. It's just that. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's Soviet, but worse and expensive. Yeah, not only not only are you do you have to do it, you also have to pay for a ticket. Yes, exactly. Now, now I'll tell you what's included in the ticket prices. Included in the thirty-five dollar ticket price are snacks including bananas, protein balls, kombucha, and coconut water. Keeping and this is the acronym NRG levels high enough to sustain a two-hour DJ mix from Monica Jude. The Monica Jew? Oh my god. So, let me just quickly... And our... Oh, it sounds like energy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I just had to put that through Google Translate quickly. Uh, so, keeping NRG levels high enough to sustain a two-hour DJ mix from Monica Jude with a guest spot from a didgeridoo player and a burst of choreographed Zumba. <laughs> How much money do you want to bet that the didgeridoo player is white? Oh, Almost certainly. Just, just one big white dreadlock. Oh. <laughs> uh Oh, Tommy's back. Tommy Franklin's got the mic and he whips things up until the sporadic woos reach a constant pitch. What? Sounds like a cry for help. Haunted asshole. As the sun fully rises and we approach the 8.30 a.m. close, the pace is winched back down with a couple of piano songs followed by a guided meditation that bids us to plant roots and touch each other under the soil. What the fuck? Sorry, touch each other under the soil. Are they saying they should have like a dirt orgy? Just a, well, a dirt orgy of the mind, obviously. God. Not paying just- enough for... I'm just now remembering also that this is an organization that was sort of what partly inspired by or whatever one of these dipshits who wrote like a one word title pop science book in the early 2010s called Belong. So it's, it's basically like a cut rate Steven Pinker, right? Well, it's funny that you say that because the next line is, um, guys, this is your new family. Our guide beams on point with Brimer's general message of connection across all his endeavors. These are just Hare Krishnas, right? This already exists. You it's don't corporate, have to corporate make it Hare corporate Krishnas. Hare Krishna. <laughs> oh, it becomes clear that Daybreaker isn't intended to be a novelty one-off. It's a form of networking and team bonding. It's more focused on productivity and connection than a trip to the nearest pub after work. And who'd want to go there? 
That sounds terrible. Yeah, fucking You'd awful. You'd want to go to the pub. I'd hate just to have a non-productive, relaxed conversation with friends over a couple of beers. I'd much rather get myself amped up and like do some sweaty networking at mm. six in the fucking morning. <laughs> well, the good thing is, though, that um, when you tell people about your back background in Bitcoin investment, they can clearly hear you because your voice will be louder than the music <laughs> of the dance party. <laughs> You hear everybody's sneakers squeaking on the floor as they shuffle back and forth. Woo! None of... I also, like... Oh, God. This is really upsetting to me. The woos is the most haunting part of this to me. Of all. All all I can imagine is this, like, yeah. Like a shuffling, way too well lit because it's daytime hall. It's got all the kind of vibe of, like, a school assembly. Um, everybody's in there on the wooden floor, shuffling back and forth. You can hear everybody's feet. Ugh. You can hear everybody talking. But above everything else, you can just hear this desperate masquerade of, I'm trying to prove that I'm having fun as everybody keeps going. Woo! Woo! Woo-hoo! Woo, yeah. indeed. Big, uh, like a big group of people possessed by the ghost of the still-living Nature Boy Ric Flair. <laughs> On my way out, oh, it does say, um, although it's loud, feel-good vibes would be brutal for the office introvert. Imagine dragging somebody who doesn't even want to go to the pub to mm. one of these things. It's the feel-good vibes that you wouldn't like. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, this that's, that's too, the problem. Too many vibes. Too many vibes here. So, sorry, I'm, I'm, an, I'm an int, Jay, and all of these <laughs> vibes are giving me a headache. Uh, I'm allergic to this kind of vibe. Uh, on my way out, I'm handed an intention card printed with a Sal Paradise monologue from Kerouac's On the Road. This just keeps uh, going, huh? Well, uh, just, there keeps being more of this. This is, this is on the way out. On the way out, she's given an intention card printed with a Sal Paradise monologue from Kerouac's On the Road, beginning, The only people for me are the mad ones, which the organizers read aloud in unison. That's not mad! That's doing a coordinated activity to make you more productive during the day. <laughs> Which you got up at 4.30 a.m. to attend. I mean, I just... I Oh, God. I don't know. You, pl- you planned uh, your week around this fun. I, 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 I really, really, really like raves. I really love techno. It's my favorite kind of music. It's my favorite kind of thing to go out and just do in Germany for several days at a time. I love it. And hearing about this... Is just, it's 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 extra bad, um, to me because I've I I am familiar with the complete opposite side of this. Even where it's like, it's like you know ten in the morning and you're in like Panorama Bar or whatever, and they've opened all of the shutters so you can see all the way out over Berlin. But it's really really fun because no one there even has a LinkedIn. Yeah, the dream. Mm. Well, how are they going to get in touch afterwards and reach out to each other about their ideas for oh, a I have some vending machine? I mean, to be fair, I, <laughs> I have lots of people on Facebook I met in Berghain who I've never talked to again. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> but imagine, um, imagine if each of them got in touch with you every now and then to ask if you happen to know a marketing manager in Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that make Oof. you feel connected? Ah, uh, yeah, more connected than ever. Uh, just, just you know, what? I want to be like a Warhammer forty thousand tech priest, just covered in little ports and wires <laughs> that I can plug into any computer system and worship its machine god. That's where I am now. 
Wonderful. So um, I guess we'll all go to the next one. I'm looking forward to whatever the next thing is. I this one was hard. This I one, hated that every one was really second hard. of that. It was really difficult. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I must call Riley. <laughs> I, must, <laughs> I must summon him immediately. <laughs> oh, God. What did I do to you? Oh, you know what you did. Hey, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned WeWork before. Oh, yes. Um, which was a, a company that I was not that familiar with, considering how sort of big it is in the States. Um, mm-hmm. Ben, do you know about WeWork? No, I don't. Ooh, I'm very excited that you don't know about this because that means I get to explain it to you. Go for it. Okay, Ben, let me tell let me <laughs> let me tell you this. Have you ever worked in an office? Boy, have I, yes. <laughs> Are you tired of those drab offices that don't have like water coolers with the words hustle harder written in cucumber <laughs> on them? <laughs> oh, you betcha. <laughs> Also, are you tired of these commitment jobs that have a regular salary? I hate knowing that there's a paycheck coming. It's just one of those things that really bugs me. So WeWork is essentially an office space provider that was and that sort of targeted partly towards freelancers having a co-working space so they can like go and sit near each other and it's like we have beer. Um but also increasingly is able to like scale up and down office spaces for tech giants, experimental like Google's, you know, um, mind control labs or whatever in like a day. Um, And they are now the world's largest office space provider. Um, And they're just that really, they're just a landlord, but they're just styling themselves as a tech company. They say their offering is quote, space as a service. Oh, (laughs) kill me. And here's the other thing. The second largest office space provider by um, f- by square footage and value is worth $12 billion. WeWork, which leases all of its properties uh, and then rents them desk by desk, is worth $47 billion. It loses $5,200 per year per customer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So this, this was the thing I have- that I saw about this that was interesting to me, that they, they have their, um, their initial public offering coming up soon and which means that they've been putting out all their documents and so this from cbs news says we work the office sharing kegger hosting phenomenon that has redefined the modern workspace is also raising the bar for how much money a startup can lose and still be considered a buzzy investment uh, WeWork's corporate parent, the Wee Company, which released its IPO documents on Wednesday, loses roughly five thousand one hundred ninety-seven dollars per oh, customer. Oh, sorry. I, I, sorry. I was, oh, I was being a skeptic. Duh, go. I just hate capitalism. I undervalued their losses by three. Overvalued their losses $3 rather by three dollars. WeWork, which says in the offering document that its corporate mission is no less than to quote elevate the world's consciousness is on track to lose $2.7 billion this year from its operations. Up from nearly $1.7 billion last year. <laughs> at, this, at this rate, who knows what they can lose? Yeah, that's a, the, an interesting place for the only up to appear in that article. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, the other thing going up is the world's consciousness. Ah, well. So yeah. true. It's worth and you it. And you can't measure that in dollars and cents. Hmm. Uh, it is an interesting Am I, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck. Just as a side note, uh, in 2017, they launched a thing called We Grow, which is a private school for kids age three through to students in grade four. Ugh. Oh, they oh, also have a, they also have a summer camp, um, 
and uh, they were like, and so they would get adults to go to summer camp and then write yearbooks to one another, like best summer ever, etc., etc., etc. That they have a since I believe stopped doing, and I'm not sure why. But they do have a summer camp. That's because everybody was fucking. <laughs> Everyone was sneaking into the bunks and fucking, I mean, and they were like, "Oh, stop <laughs> fucking!" Oh, we can't actually punish you because you're not like children. We're not your guardians. Please stop. Don't you find the ongoing infantilization of most people to be very tiring? Can't, like, people just do... Be normal. Just, like, do normal shit. (laughs) Why can't anyone be normal? Just... You don't need to go to a fucking adult summer camp to pretend that you're a fucking child. You can just, like, hang out with your fucking friends. Like, just read a goddamn book. Fucking... Play a video game. Do anything. Just don't fucking have your little sober rave before you go to work at your horrible fucking tech job. Don't fucking go to your shared workspace so you can play ping pong with a guy that's invented an app for fucking teaching your dog English. Like, just fucking But consider this. Consider this, Ben. I don't want to do adulting. <laughs> Adulting not, is not, hard. Not even, well, hold on, Lucy. Hold on. Not even. Not like even a boss. like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's almost like it's almost like adulting got you can't, can't even. even adult today. <laughs> I can't even with this. <laughs> I just I love this idea of like one of these. Oh, I can't even adult like a boss. Just trying to drive to their <laughs> shitty PR job, running someone over, and being like, oh, too much for me. And just Should driving I away. stay and give them my contact details? <laughs> uh, no, this is triggering my imposter syndrome. I have to leave. The scene hit and run. <laughs> like eventually, like we're gonna have someone in charge of a nuclear button who's like who who's. Who's like, ugh, I just want to have my friends over and do a cookout inside the <laughs> Oval Office. Um, now, it says here, uh, it's an interesting parallel with the dot-com company, says Greg Kyle, director of the Bates Group, who helped publicize the staggering losses being run up by internet companies during the late 1990s dot-com craze. They're following the same pattern in terms of spending to acquire customers. For some, like Amazon and eBay, it worked out, but for many others, less so. Of course, it's no surprise that a startup like WeWork loses money. The company's business model has traditionally been to rent out offices, spend millions of dollars hipstering up the place, and then re-renting the collaboration halls to various startups for far less than they would pay elsewhere. Perfect business model. What's more, among recent... It's just Keynesianism. It's just Keynesianism, but not even nominally under democratic control. It's just venture... Instead of redistributing their their resources to us via taxation and us having democratic control over what happens with those resources, it's just getting funneled into either... into these massive loss-making startups that either allow some people to have a, a... shitty office and other people to like get an uber ride there this is this is post-government keynesianism uh well many investors also fretted about the big losses at amazon.com and netflix when they went public and both companies have turned out to be good stock investments 17 years after its launch netflix is still losing gobs of money as it grows its subscriber (laughs) base around the world like well, there is there is no indication here that maybe this will turn bad at some point. It's just, hey, sure, it still loses millions and or billions of dollars a year, but uh, it's great on the stock market. 
WeWork's parent has branched out into other areas, like owning its own office space and designing space for others. Both of these businesses should be more profitable. For now, WeWork's IPO filing shows the company still makes nearly 90% of its revenue from its traditional business of selling memberships to co-work spaces. But what is staggering about WeWork and what could turn off investors as a major stumbling block to profitability is how much it loses per customer. It's 24 times the amount that ride-sharing giant Uber, another recent IPO, is on track to lose per active rider this year and nearly 129 times what struggling meal delivery service Blue Apron loses per subscriber, and nearly 753 times the $6.90 per year that popular pet e-tailer Chewy.com loses a year per regular customer. My I think I don't understand goodness. how money works. That's what I'm learning here. It's all it's made, made up. up. It's not real. It's all it's fake. It's very made up. It's very made up. For example, office space is more costly to provide than a single ride or a meal, with more of an ability to leverage the cost of designing a large shared office space over many customers. Even so, WeWork loses 94 cents every minute that one of its members spends hunched, hunched in a low-slung chair with others over laptops, setting up slide decks in their conference rooms, or mingling at WeWork's famed kegs based on a 40-hour work week. You could just go to a bar. Why do you have to? Why does it need to be a gigantic loss-making, globe-bestriding, office-space startup loss-making venture capital machine? Why can't we just have a bar? Why is it all? Why is there all drinking at work and then dancing for breakfast? <laughs> it's backwards. <laughs> it's just the whole concept. The whole concept is horrifying, isn't it? That um, just well, I'll, I'll just tell trying you. to sell to people that they have somehow benefited from losing enough job security of there actually being enough permanent full-time work to sustain, you know, the, the working population. So you don't get to do that anymore, which means that you have to freelance and you have to use Fiverr and you have to hustle harder than the next person and you have to be willing to underbid the next guy to produce somebody's business cards for $4 an hour or whatever the fuck. But if you want to feel like you are actually still employed and working with other human beings and sharing a space and all that sort of thing, you can pay a membership fee to sit in an office to do your job that no company is willing to pay you a full-time wage for and supply a space for you to do it in. What a wonderful feature. Everything's good. Feeling those good vibes. Oh, here's another... Here's another thing about WeWork that I dug out from another document a while ago. It was actually a document that was related to SoftBank, and it talked about the way they use member data. Um, so WeWork Always also, <laughs> in addition to all of this, also tracks every footfall at every one of its locations everywhere. They're literally physically tracking where everyone is at all times and where, what they're doing. And do you know what they did with this information? What? They discovered that they that extra people were needed in the coffee bar at the morning because people want coffee in the morning. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Thank God they spent $16 billion in experimental seismic measuring technology to figure that one out. Yep. And they, the, the person they were talking to uh, were like, yeah, we've tracked you all the way through this building. We know exactly where you've been and every step you took. But hey, we also are able to optimize our coffee service by knowing that people want it. In the oh, and just by the way, uh, how come it took you 45 minutes to <laughs> shit this morning? Is everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> just pushing you ads for doctors because they <laughs> notice you've been taking a long time in the toilet. 
It's also it's like yeah, a giant a giant loss making company that's increasingly going to be pressured by like public investors to find new sources of revenue that happens to have like totalizing control of all of the information that all of its members generate at all times is definitely not going to treat that as a revenue source. They promised they wouldn't going to use it for like research. To, you know how like supermarkets are designed to make you walk through them in like a specific path. They're going to use that to make like offices where you can't possibly get away from your desk yeah so basically people are paying membership fees to go to their fiverr jobs that are essentially put in um <laughs> gerbil mazes <laughs> they're, li- um, they're, they're literally paying to be lab rats i've never heard of anything more cucked well it'll be exciting uh when they when they start saying hey everybody it's also important that you stay fit at your office job so we have installed a treadmill underneath each of your workstation (laughs) your standing desks Uh, and and um, everybody harvest the power generated by each of these things oh this is just that's just a black mirror that's literally a black mirror episode (laughs) they that's just literally a black mirror episode we have gotten Two not very far, not very unbelievable, and probably will happen in the next year steps from the beginnings of a Black Mirror episode. The only good one. I think, uh, yeah, everything's everything's going great. That all sounds good. I hate doing a Black Mirror comparison as well because it's hack, but the problem is it's just, I hate that it's happening because it's forcing me to make a hack comparison. Um, Now, before we get out of here... We absolutely need to put something, uh, some some time aside for oh, something yes. that we didn't get to yes. the last time Riley was on the show. Yes. And that is, of course, the logical endpoint of globalized consumer capitalism. The oh, website yes. Wish. Oh, it's my wish. It's my wish to talk about it. I love Wish. We wish come true. Ben is I- also a, a, a connoisseur of Wish's goods. I'm an aficionado, if you will. <laughs> Oh, that made God the entire fir- <laughs> that made the entire first article worth it. Oh, I wish I'd thought of that at the time that I was writing the article. <laughs> <laughs> I actually oh. first discovered I, I I always sort of knew about Wish sort of out of the corner of my eye, but I never really became a, a real Wish head until I saw your post Ben about summer goods. These delightful summer goods that you <laughs> need del- for you summer need for summer. Look, I need. A thing that will peel my toenail off using some kind of corkscrew mechanism for fun in the sun to beat the heat. Yeah, I think... I mean, I still don't fully understand what the toe thing is. I assume it was maybe something to do with fixing ingrown toenails. But even if it is, like, some perfectly normal thing, I don't... What's summary about that? What is the summer element of, like, oh, hey, you're going to the beach. Time to fix your ingrown toenails. Now, I'm going to I'm gonna pause you fellas for a second and say... Wow. Which of you would like to explain to the audience, if they are not familiar with this, just the general concept of you need Wish visuals, right? No, I, I did WeWorks, uh, so Ben should do this one. We can create uh, <laughs> visuals with word pictures uh, using words. Yes, it's the point so, of podcasting. It's like a movie for your mind. <laughs> You're absolutely yes. right. Using, a, using the, camera, the camera of your brain, we can render an image inside your mind yeah. palace, Lucy. If you close your two... Uh, outside eyes and then open your inner eye uh, uh, I'm going to make you picture an app uh, so this is not a new concept for the most part like uh, I don't know if anyone ever used Deal Extreme or whatever before but it's like Chinese manufacturers make a ton of insanely cheap electronics and weird plastic gizmos and gadgets 
or they'll buy up pallets of like discontinued things or things that just aren't really going anywhere. Uh, and then you buy them for an insanely cheap price, and they're often free postage for some reason, I guess, because they can ameliorate that cost across the whole thing. Uh, yeah, they, they just take it uh, amortized, they take it sorry. out of the three cents that the thing costs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, uh, literally, I've seen things on, well, this is on Deal Extreme, which is a different one, where it was like the product was one cent and it was free shipping, and you're just like, I can't. It just doesn't seem like there's any way, but obviously they're making the money on other products. It makes products, more sense than we work. It's true. It's true. I mean, they, they probably make a profit. If, uh, they're, if they're making a cent, they're doing better than we work. So <laughs> what makes Wish different is it's incredibly aggressive Facebook and Instagram marketing. So they have their ads appear as a series of tiles uh, with just an image of the product, uh, a star rating... And then sometimes a price in the top left-hand corner, but that price will be in any number of, like, dozens of different <laughs> currencies. <laughs> It'll be like, this thing costs three CHF. <laughs> I still don't know what that is. Uh, Chif- chifs. Yeah, you know, just a couple of chifs. Uh, <laughs> a couple of chifs. And, like, sometimes it'll be, like, krona or whatever. It'll just be, like, insanely weird stuff at weird prices with no explanation of what it is, which... <laughs> They have sometimes apparently experimented with putting the product name in, uh, but I think it actually plays for them better if they don't, because there's a real, like, (laughs) what the fuck is this kind of thing going on. But also, their whole marketing strategy is one of those, like, self-reflexive ones where the things that get the most clicks are, you know, the ads that are shown. So they're in, like, a little feedback loop, and that feedback loop entirely points to shit that makes no fucking sense. So it'll be like the three things they apparently sell uh, is like lingerie uh, for insane people, leather adult lingerie. diapers. It's all one leather. Of examples of, one of the uh, examples of the lingerie is a full body leather cat suit that just has the butt crack cut out. Yep. How else are you going to get in there? Come on. <laughs> no Grow butt up. crack. Grow up. Uh Look, I'm an adult. I put my I put my pants on one butthole at a time. Yes. <laughs> I put my my latex buttless cat suit on one leg at a time like the rest of you. Uh, they also Look, I, they love selling weed paraphernalia as well. So you'll there'll be like grow tents and stuff like that as well. Like everything they sell is just like well, apparently sell is what people really, really want, which is crime stuff and gross <laughs> shit. Uh, <laughs> crime stuff and gross shit. That's the wish promise. And I, I'm sure, I have heard people, I've heard tell that there's actually a bunch of like, if you go to the website, there's a bunch of useful stuff. Uh, friends of mine that do like miniatures stuff, so they sell heaps of good hobby shit or oh, whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm but, sure if you're trying to build a, a Warhammer 40,000 battlefield that's like inside the realm of chaos, then Wish has a lot of good stuff <laughs> yeah, for you. They'll help you out. Uh, but I wouldn't know because I've never clicked on it and I've never gone to the website and I won't do it. I refuse. I no, want to engage I, with their advertising, but I don't yes. want it to help them in any way. I, I'm exactly with Ben here. I just, I want to experience Wish passively. That's my wish. Is just the ads. Endless endless ads from wish because i always say it feels like capital's version of data where it's just like 
It's just like we're making things that couldn't possibly be used for anything that clearly aren't for anybody. And it's like it's like a kind of gigantic accidental art project. A hundred percent. You can like just put a beautiful story together from every like random six things that the the ads serve up to you. Trying to fit like, some sort of narrative to them all. That's up. Like, uh- like I, I sent um I sent Andrew earlier today a hello with and I'm gonna pull up the picture now. It was uh, what, what what I said it was a pic a, a full face rubber mask that looks like Kim Jong Un except he he has instead of cheeks he has two big tits. <laughs> <laughs> and it says new Halloween carnival party <laughs> props DIY horror weird latex mask and then the last two words diffuse. Around, sure. <laughs> Diffuse around, why, absolutely. Why not? D- okay. Diffuse the horror around with this titty Kim Jong Un mask. I found another one that I've also sent to Andrew, which is a finger puppet, but it's a t- just looks like a tiny hand. <laughs> so it's a tiny, f- it's a tiny like baby <laughs> arm looking thing that you can wear as a finger puppet. And it just says five or ten pieces of weird, creepy, scary comedy. Five or ten pieces. <laughs> five, maybe ten. It's $44 for the little baby arm finger puppet, but don't worry, <laughs> they've reduced it to $3. Oh, thank God. I can yeah, finally so afford can't. it. <laughs> you can't afford not to. Oh, my goodness. See, I, I respect the approach that you guys take. Um, to wish, which is just to try, you know, maintaining a position on the outside looking in. It kind of makes me think of, say, uh, an H.P. Lovecraft story, where, <laughs> where like the 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 lead character is is ca- just catching a glimpse of some kind of um, tantalizing otherworldly information, and there's all these warning signs and other characters saying, "Don't go any further. What you see and learn will simply drive you mad." Um, and both of you guys have seen those warnings and said, all right, I'll just keep looking at the thumbnails. Yeah, I'll look at the cover of the book, uh, but I won't open it to learn the sordid history of our fragile Earth and this dark no. cosmos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, if you, open, um, if you open up a Wish ad, then that's a Necronomicon, and you're going to get, like, <laughs> not Cthulhu, but you're going to get, like, um, mm. Nyarlathotep or something, like one of the lesser ones. You just have to wait for it to come to you. You can't even Google this stuff. You just have to wait for the right ad to appear in your Facebook feed, and it will happen. Well, like, I mean, it I, will I've, come I've saved you. a few of them, um, and I sort of, I blew my load with the um, shit coin earlier. <laughs> the shit coin, yes. <laughs> Now, also, I now again that that coin, which was a dog pooping, uh, and then it says one one shit on it, and it's just a dog pooping, and it says one pieces gold and silver plated dog shit, but it's clearly a coin. Um, that's fifty. That's going to set you back fifteen dollars, but we've actually oh, but- gone ahead and reduced it to four. And what value that is? I mean, it's worth one shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and hey, with freaking Brexit and Trump, that's looking better than the currency of my country right now. That's true. Hey, yeah, that's is, this, true. is this thing on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we were we were taking it very seriously. Things aren't going well with Brexit. No, as far no, as I no. Know. Oh no, no, no. They're going very poorly indeed. It's, um, Although I'm not that worried about it because I feel like Brexit's going to turn the UK into like a Mad Max wastelands dystopia, like six months before climate change does it to the rest of the world so if anything we're gonna have an edge 
I still don't think my brain has processed that uh, Boris Johnson is the is the prime minister. I mean, we're not. I mean, at the risk of getting into a, a British politics lesson, an hour and ten minutes minus whatever time we <laughs> took from the thingy, the the audio hiccup. Um, peek behind the curtain to all you Bunta Vista fans. Close um, that curtain. You close that right <laughs> away. <laughs> These people aren't ready. <laughs> you will um, be driven mad by what you learn. <laughs> <laughs> um, like the, we don't have a system like the U.S. where like our prime minister is the head of an elective dictatorship, but only if they control a majority of the House of Commons. Which Boris Johnson doesn't really. So like he's propped up by his most some of his party are are not really on board with what he's doing. Um, the opposition's re- comparatively strong, considering it's in opposition, which is usually completely powerless. And he's already depending on um, being propped up by the DUP for support. So like. Yeah, he's prime minister, but none of the facts on the ground have really changed, and there's not really much he can do about it, other than just kind of wait out the clock, which Parliament has a couple of tricks up its sleeve to stop, but honestly probably won't, because a lot of them are very feckless. Um, and so then like, are, we go- are we going to get the absolute boy Jezza after that? I, I sort of am contractually obligated to say yes. Um, <laughs> I, would, I hope we do, um, but... Like it seems like all of the odds are really against us. Mm. So you know that's what they why say about hope. Uh, don't do it. Uh, buy it on Wish dot com for uh, <laughs> only two dollars. Uh, you can redeem that's- your you can redeem your coin that is worth one shit. <laughs> um, oh my! <laughs> you, know, you know what they say: uh, shit in one hand and wish in the other. Oh, <laughs> they do damn. say that. They're Let's always see. saying that. See which one mm-hmm. fills up first. You know. And that's it, folks. Uh, I believe we have gone on long uh, enough here. We've taken enough of your precious, precious time that you could be selling by the hour on Fiverr.com. Or a day rave. Uh, yeah, you could be getting up at 4.30 a.m. and putting this precious time. Oh, the, what you should do. You oh, should well. do a Bunta Vista day rave. Oh, God. Where you play a Bunta Vista episode and everyone has to sort of shuffle around Let's to it. it. That's the only live event we'll ever have. <laughs> you could um, you could maximize, you could really maximize your productivity by going to one of these morning uh, breakfast raves and listening to Bunta Vista just on the speaker of your phone, which will be louder than the music that's being played in the hall. <laughs> Woo! Woo! <laughs> don't, don't woo too so loud that you can't hear the show, though. Thank you, Riley, for joining us. Um, everybody, please go and check out the podcast, Trash Future. Thank uh, you very much for having me. This was a blast. Well, we always love to have you. I believe, have, have you been on, is this your third appearance? I'm a three-peat. Three-peats? Hi, oh, my, name, my name is Three-Peter. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, of course, you can go back through the catalog and catch the previous episodes with Riley on them, or you can catch a whole bunch whole bunch of trash future content trash future being available on um itunes and all all the other podcast places Everywhere. all of the places for podcasts except for soundcloud which yep. we are too lazy to upload to <laughs> sure <laughs> why not uh so yeah go and check them out and of course if you would like an extra episode of Punta vista every week you can go on to patreon.com forward slash Punta vista five bucks a month gets you an extra bonus every week uh, access to the Discord. You can join the horrifying hordes of our listeners, uh, squealing and grunting at each other and rolling around in the mud. So if that appeals to you, you can really connect. Go on, you can connect with people. You can connect. I'm occasionally on that Discord. Yeah, it's true. Don't connect with me. 
if you would like to um, if you would like to get onto Discord and send a message to Riley that says um, ASL question mark <laughs> uh, twenty nine uh, male London don't ask me any more questions right. <laughs> so that's it folks thanks again and we'll see you next week bye 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 bye. bye.